Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, Take Two Cents Cease and Desist Letter to Real Life GTA Restaurants. So this was put forth by Ayn, and he says, This is another instance of Take Two screwing up a fun project that doesn't harm them in any way. So you guys know Clock and Bell in GTA 5? A bunch of people, like, remade the restaurant, just temporarily to sell, I guess, chicken at some convention or whatever. News, the company behind the in-real-life pop-up versions of Burgershot and Cluck and Bell that would be at the San Diego Comic-Con have received a cease and desist by Take-Two Interactive. This person here saying, Take-Two not understanding this is free marketing for them? Like, I gotta be real for you. No amount of free marketing. I'm putting that in air quotes because that's, that's a very dubious claim to begin with, but let's just leave that aside. No amount of that that could come from this is worth the potential liability. That they sell some product that makes people sick, gives them food poisoning, has someone die or something, and then like Rockstar's brand is like, oh, Rockstar is selling uh, cheap chicken killing people out here. Like food is something that's heavily regulated for a reason, right? And the potential liabilities if something goes wrong are huge. Like, even if Rockstar's not directly involved, if they do nothing and someone dies, someone can go, hey, you know, I I, I went there because I thought it was supported by Rockstar. And, and Take-Two said nothing to stop this. And they, they'd be stuck in courts and stuff. Like, surely you can see it from the business perspective why Take-Two would want to take this down on some level, right? I think a lot of other companies would have been like, this is not worth the time. Or just to be nice would turn a blind eye. But I can totally see why other companies would not want to go down that route with food, of all things. Like, Take-Two is litigious, and I'm normally like, yeah, they go too far. But in this particular case, I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see it. They have a point. It's funny because had this not been reported on, that these pop-up versions were appearing, then uh, they probably would have got away with it. The more attention that is brought to something that's potentially legally dubious, the higher the chance that it's going to be uh, struck down. I believe what they ended up doing was, like, rebranding. So it doesn't, it's not exactly Cluck and Bell, and it's not exactly Burger Shop, but it's, like, similar enough that you can kind of see that it's satire. Twitter continues to lose money. So he talked last rambles about how Twitter was making a change to make it so that only people with Twitter blue could DM each other. Because obviously Elon Musk is getting very desperate and we found out why. As has been widely reported on, as Elon Musk here admits, we're still negative cash flow due to 50% drop in advertising revenue plus heavy debt load. Need to reach positive cash flow before we have the luxury of anything else. So basically, when Elon Musk took over, he made a fuck ton of decisions that Massively dropped the advertising revenue, obviously, because you can go back in my old rambles when people would complain about Twitter being like woke or doing anti-consumer things or whatever. And I would say to them every single time, these are the decisions you have to make if you want advertising revenue and Twitter is not profitable. And therefore, they're going to make these potentially unpopular decisions in order to keep their advertising revenue, because if they don't, they will disappear. And then so Elon Musk came and everyone's like, oh, Elon's gonna have free speech and stuff. He didn't really do any of that shit, but he did, did a lot of other controversial stuff as well and tanked the advertising revenue, proving everything that I used to say about Twitter, everything. But also the second part, plus heavy debt load. Twitter's main problem right now isn't the advertising revenue going down. It is the massive amount of interest they have to pay on Elon Musk's fucking stupid loans. If Elon Musk hadn't have bought Twitter, Twitter would be in a much better position here, not simply because of the terrible decisions Elon Musk made, because he doesn't know how to run a fucking social media platform, but also because they wouldn't be saddled with this fucking debt. The idea that he's going to reach a positive cash flow by just continuing to paywall various aspects of the platform is dumb. Anything of significance that relates to the use of the platform, if he paywalled it, then the platform would just die. But he needs to put important things behind a paywall or he's not going to get enough money. There's nothing he can do here to fix this problem. He's sunk this ship, right? 
Like, the, the ship is underwater, under the ocean, and he's trying to start bailing out water now. He could have just listened to all the people who are like, don't drill holes in your boat, you fool! Basically, as has been readily apparent for the last half decade, Elon Musk is a moron. Thank you. Are people quickly losing hope for Twitter's competitive threads? So Jackery here says, I wanted to drop this to talk about the whole threads thing, as I find it interesting how quick people are going to lose hope on it over a week in and praise the same app they allegedly wanted an alternative of. I don't think the people moving to threads are praising Twitter at all. I have not seen that at all. I think anyone who moved to threads or who already didn't like Twitter is nothing but skeptical about the payments on Twitter. I've always shit talked Twitter, but I've always acknowledged like I don't think Twitter is going anywhere. Like it's hard for me to imagine that Musk could fuck it up enough that it would disappear. And I've always said, I'll probably stay, st still stay on Twitter. And I've always said, I will get Twitter blue if the value's there. But I'm still massively skeptical about these payments. They don't make sense from a business standpoint. The way that they've been rolled out doesn't make sense. The sorts of people being paid doesn't make sense. The payments themselves don't make sense. Musk is not a trustworthy person because he doesn't pay his bills. None of this makes sense. But if I was in a position to take some of Musk's money, I'd be like, hey, here's your $8. Give me five grand or whatever. You really think that's a smart thing for you to do? But obviously the interest in threads has died down quickly, I think. So this is Google Trends. It compares what people are searching for on Google. Compare this to Twitter. So you can see the search interest in Twitter is way higher. What about Instagram? There's Instagram and Twitter. Sort of comparable amount of search, but uh, threads all the way down here. This is just Australia though. Let's try the whole world. So you can see when threads released, it went, bah, we're like equivalent interest to Twitter. And then it died off again. Which is not surprising, right? Twitter's been around for how many years? A very, very long time. But you can see here that Instagram is already, and has been for a long time, more successful than Twitter. To what degree people on Instagram even need threads is debatable. Like, I don't use Instagram enough, but obviously the main thing that Twitter could be said to be competing against still is Instagram. Threads, well, when it took off, became a, the hot button issue to talk about. It hasn't seemed to have uh, kept that momentum. Perhaps in part because when they released it, it wasn't complete. They released it because they were capitalizing on Twitter, rate limiting everyone and everyone not being able to read tweets and stuff. They certainly would have preferred that they were fit to roll out in the EU and had a iPad, tablet and desktop app. But they were like, we're gonna strike while the iron's hot. And that's why they released it. Interest in threads could continue to grow with the releases for the rest of the world. And of course, because they have Instagram to continuously promote threads, like that's a, a source of viewers that Twitter doesn't have. What would be interesting though is just looking at the United States, because the release was mainly for the United States. Even then, it, it massively drops off. But it's, there's still interest there. It remains to be seen what it's going to do. But as I said, I'm not particularly confident it's going to dethrone Twitter. The main thing that I think that could dethrone Twitter is the financial woes. The inability for Musk to turn a profit on Twitter and be able to pay back the interest on the loans that he took out to buy the thing. I accidentally broke a rule in my GTA Passive series. So I got this comment on my latest pacifist episode. Also, you broke one of your rules established in the first episode. You can't use armor unless the game requires it to progress. If I ever do a director's commentary of pacifist, I'll talk about this first. Obviously, when I made the rules for pacifist, I had not considered or could not even know all the things that I would run into throughout the series. I think it was a stroke of luck that I had the foresight to not only do a pacifist series, but also a melee-only series at the same time. A lot of the comedy, the challenge that appeared throughout the series wasn't just because I needed to do it passively, but because I also needed to do it 
melee. Like think of derailed, for example, how dull derailed would have ended up being if I just ended up having to shoot the guys on the bridge rather than going up and actually hitting them. But the reason why at the beginning I said I won't use armor unless I need to progress is because I envisioned a world where all the time I would be having to go to stores, buy armor, and then come back. And I thought that would be boring, but obviously looking at it now, I would have just cut out that footage if that happened anyway. It was meant to add a little bit more challenge, but obviously as time went on, I just kind of abandoned caring about this all that much. And if I needed armor, I got armor. With that being said, if I recall correctly, I think the rule was about buying armor, not using it. I might check now actually. I will also not use armor unless I can't progress without it. Oh, it does say use. Well, I didn't really mean the ones on the map. I mean, I was more thinking about like buying it. I probably didn't even think about the armor that appears in missions if I even knew that it appeared in missions. Because obviously we don't use it in the speedrun. But yeah, I didn't think adhering to this is really particularly interesting. If I remade this series, I probably should remove that rule entirely. People didn't like the editing of my GTA Guesser video. You find the circles and zooms in the latest GTA Guesser video really obnoxious and you couldn't watch it. So on my main channel, I've talked about this before. This GTA Guesser episode did really well and it makes no sense. It's 711,000 views in a month, which is like better than like all these other videos that I've produced that are way better. Even like the Blinds Crossing GT5 video only got 660. Better than the fourth Cougar video, better than GTA Speedrun Exposed for Cheating, 711, right? If you look at all the episodes of GTA Guesser, it's the third highest viewed episode in a fraction of the time of the 22 episodes that I've made. And for that reason, obviously there was some incentive to try to replicate certain things that were done in this video. Even though it doesn't make sense this video is popular, chat. The analytics on the back end do not suggest at all that this video should be popular, but it is. And so when future episodes came out, a different editor, a newer editor, worked to try to replicate some of those styles, including getting from Ayn, the person who edited this video, getting some of their presets, right? So they could have the circle that circles and uh, scoreboard thing that pops up. Going through it, there were various different decisions that I didn't like that I worked to dial down, but there's only so much that I can do without just editing the entire thing myself, which I just don't have time to do. Like I felt those circles were redundant, but they worked in Ayn's video, so I was like, oh, we'll, we'll keep them then. One thing I didn't like is that I'm pretty sure that when people watch the episodes and of a new round, it shows the picture. People want some time to look at the picture and take it in and think about it so they can like try to think where it is before I start looking. But the edits, at least one of them, one of the episodes was way too fast. It gave you like two seconds to take in all the information and then it just immediately jumped around. Like my editing style for GTA Guesser does hold longer. It makes the screen jump less because I think people when they're watching are trying to play along with me. And if you're drawing jump, 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 it's a lot harder to do that. But as I say, there's only so much that I can dial that back. And I have talked to the person editing it now and they'll just get better over time. If you find it really obnoxious, I understand, but the episodes are still doing well in terms of retention. It isn't warding people away. And so I can't say really what's superior, right? This is the episode that went insanely well. It's a 34 minute video. The average retention is 11 minutes. So it's average view duration, 32%. This one, average view duration, 31%. This one, average view duration, 37%. Like they're about the same. Like you can see on this graph, this is the most recent one and it's perfectly average in terms of retention for my channel for videos this long. But if you look at the one that went really well, the retention's worse. This video doesn't make sense. Why is this video so popular? It doesn't make sense. Long story short, we're working on it, right? 
Tyler will just get better over time than the new guy doing it. And uh, I will continue to work to uh, make sure it's of a standard that most people can watch. And uh, he, he will dial back jumping around. I changed the world with my Pepsi Max addiction. So I have potentially what is the greatest news ever. As I say here, I've been single-handedly buying out the entire stock of glass bottled Pepsi Max from my local Woolworths for like a year. It's a supermarket, Woolworths. It's not the same one from the UK. They only came in four packs and they'd only order eight packs at a time. I believe I am the sole reason they are now stocking 24 packs. I can change the world. Source, I am a voice actor for GTA 6. So when I went on to the Woolworths website yesterday, I went to buy my Pepsi Max as I always do, and lo and behold, 24 packs of Pepsi Max. So rather than buying eight four packs, I can now just buy multiple of these 24 packs. Because as I say, they'd only bring in eight at a time. And so I had to order them fucking constantly because I, I drink like four of these a day. With that being said, it isn't technically Woolworths who stocks them like in their store. It's more that Woolworths has partners so that they can sell their wares through the Woolworths website. So I bought 48 glass bottles of Pepsi Max and Woolworths doesn't deliver them, but they will come in the mail potentially in the next couple of days. So it's good. Why stop at 24? I mean, how big of the packs can you possibly have? They're glass. As someone pointed out in the comments, holy shit, you're really paying $6.12 per liter of Pepsi Max? What are they putting gold in it? Glass bottled Pepsi Max is expensive. Two liter plastic bottle will set you back $2.15. What I used to do for most of my life before I became successful is I would always look, regardless of the size of bottle, what was the most Pepsi Max I could get per dollar. So sometimes if it was on special, I'd buy plastic 1.25 liter bottles, but most of the time I'd buy two liter bottles of Pepsi Max because they would have the best amount of Pepsi Max, the best value for the dollar. But as I always said, before I became successful, when I was a small creator, when I was just streaming by myself to like 100 viewers or whatever, I would say to you, you will know when I get successful, when I'm financially well off, because I will buy glass bottled Pepsi Max. And that is all I will drink. Or at least maybe at the time I was drinking sugar Coke. So I probably said like Coke, but whatever. Because soft drink in glass bottles tastes so much better, or at least a significant amount better than the stuff in plastic, right? I'm not going to break down the science of that, but it goes plastic, then cans, like aluminium or whatever the, it is, and then glass. And so I'm probably paying two to three times more than I otherwise would pay for my Pepsi Max just having glass bottles. It's one of the few luxuries that I allow myself because of you guys. You guys are supporting my glass Pepsi Max habit and I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. I have one picture where it shows the 24 pack of uh, Pepsi Max and then it's a picture of Thanos. The work is done. I can wake up and smile and see the sunrise on a grateful world. <laughs> or a grateful universe, whatever his line was. I thought it seemed appropriate. I can change the world. The reason for my limited chat interaction while rambling. One thing that's different about my rambles on stream than perhaps other people's live streams. I'm not sure I don't watch that many live streams these days, but I don't have a lot of chat interaction when I'm rambling. A part of the reason for that is that because I've like pre-prepared rambles, like I read some stuff on topics or these things specifically have happened to me. And so I think about what I want to say in rambles. When I get to that point where I want to ramble, I just want to remember everything that I want to say and to cover all the main points. And for that reason, I don't want to be distracted. I feel like I can get, if I read something in chat, it might throw me off my course and I might miss something. Even though in some cases, I'm sure like people watching rambles on YouTube probably see that some people's comments in the chat likely add something of value. And if I read them, maybe I would, I would say even more interesting things, but I kind of got to balance the two and I, I don't do enough reading a chat, I think. Can't you just prepare some notes 
you can refer to so you don't derail. I do, like I say some minor points, like these are two things I need to cover. I don't write myself a script or something, but it's more like, don't forget these particular points. But I don't have time to write like a briefing for myself on the on these sorts of things. In the same way that the WAN show, presumably they know about the topics to, to varying degrees. And I've heard about them over the course of the week, but uh, they have notes written by uh, someone on their staff to be like, hey, remember all these minor details, which is good. I don't have that, unfortunately. But then again, I don't often cover grandiose stories. I would say like 60% of what I cover is just stuff relevant to me and what's going on in my life, which I prefer. I know it's not the most important big thing. It's never going to make me a huge commenter YouTuber, but it does somewhat set me apart, right? The things of discussion in rambles, you will often not hear anywhere else. Answering your most interesting questions. Hey, Madu, I wanted to ask if you think making videos about Reddit content is React content, not necessarily your own subreddit or occasionally responding to some posts or comments, but rather making content solely based on the posts and not changing anything about them. For me, it gives the feeling of a hub channel that regurgitates stuff that people make, and I'm wondering if it can be called reaction content. So most of my criticism in regards to reaction content relate to the reposting of what can be called creative works, right? A person spends six months making something that can be consumed in a month. So you like consume that time to one hour and people reacting to this stuff. When it comes to, say, tweets, I consider like commentary on those or like reading them or whatever to more just be social discourse. A person's tweet isn't probably what I would, would consider to be a creative work. On Reddit, if it's just like people telling stories and stuff, people talking about their life experiences, these also aren't really creative works. And limiting commentary on them would somewhat stifle people's ability to share information and understand it and, and grow in the understanding of other people in the world. Right. With that all being said, I do think the channels that just have like a robotic voice that read Reddit posts are extraordinarily lazy. I don't respect people who make these things or who just react to pictures on Reddits. But at the very least, people who post stuff to Reddit aren't doing it for some monetary purpose. Whether or not a post becomes successful on Reddit or gets used in some other place isn't going to impact that person financially. The people posting to Reddit are not competing for the limited amount of attention in order to survive and make a living and, 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 and whatnot. As I say, I have a very low opinion of it, but it doesn't reach the same degree of severity, a potential negative impact on others that reposting people's videos does with yourself in the corner, making yourself the focus. Like it's entirely possible that even the lowest effort Reddit reaction video took more effort than the collective Reddit posts that are used in that video. Because most of what is put on Reddit is entirely low effort stuff. With that being said, if a person like did an animation that took like a week and they posted it on Reddit, I don't think that's the kind of thing that people should be reposting to YouTube, right? Feels a little bit scummy at that point, right? And as I say, I don't think there should be channels dedicated to this stuff. Again, that just seems so lazy and uncreative. And just to add on to that, as I will reiterate many times, there are contexts where I believe a person can react to stuff legitimately. If you are personally involved in something to a greater or lesser degree, then you should be able to react to that thing. If a person is criticizing you and you want to respond to that, that is a perfect time to react to a thing, especially if they're using your footage in order to make those criticisms. I would argue that it's still not in your best interest to do that. If you're trying to defend yourself, it is better to make like an edited response video with something that's scripted after the facts. And once you've seen that material and the criticisms levied against you, that you can adequately prepare yourself to respond effectively. I don't think you're in the wrong for doing that. How do I get the motivation to upload and stream? I watched a video yesterday from a creator who apparently made videos about nerf darts. He's got like 100, 200,000 views a video. You know how like nerf 
like you get like machine guns and stuff like the, there's a whole community of people who love nerf guns and stuff he was probably big in that space had 1.5 million subscribers and he made a video saying i'm quitting youtube i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life but i want to move on to other things and this is exciting for me and watching this i was like i have absolutely no idea what else i would do with my time if i didn't stream and make youtube videos well sometimes i do think like man wouldn't it be cool just to like try new shit Go to the opera or something. I've never been to the opera. Go jet skiing. Go somewhere and try like different chocolates. Like, I don't know, like just go places. A part of me is like, I'll do that some other time. Surely at some point in time in my future, I will stop having passion for what I'm doing right now. That enables me each day to be like, just instant stream, YouTube, let's go. I'm assuming eventually that feeling will fade and then I'll go do other stuff. So I don't feel like particularly motivated or pushed to try those things now. I'm also good at motivating you to press the like and subscribe button. I wish you all the best.